At Woodside Bible Church, we gather each week to pursue God by studying His Word together. Welcome to our series, Unstoppable, Bound in His Love, Freed by His Spirit, where we're journeying through what many call the greatest chapter in the Bible, Romans 8, to uncover a more lasting force than hard work and a more enduring purpose than momentary success. Pray with me, Lord. Our community has been hit pretty hard this week. we would be pretty selfish if we gather here together and sing pretty songs and fail to intercede for those seniors who are really in a tough situation. So would you just minister to them even in this moment right now? Father, we we just sang the incredible anthem that heaven has come the Savior is here. We know that salvation has solved their greatest problem, which is that sin issue that all of us are powerless to solve, and yet Jesus came to solve it. And we know with great confidence, Lord, that if you'll solve our greatest problem, these other ones, we can trust you with too. So, so we give this to you, we pray that you would care for each and every need of each person, Lord. If they need permanent shelter, I pray that it would be found. If they need a friend to help them process the trauma they just went through, I pray that maybe, Lord, we could be that friend. For those that are afraid, that are lonely, we comfort them. For those that they lost so many earthly treasures, Lord. I pray that through the midst of the, the difficulty, they'd find the heavenly treasure of knowing you. So, Father, we just intercede for them. We ask blessing upon them. And it probably represents burdens that are on our hearts today, too. And we acknowledge our desperate neediness of you. So we hold our hands out to you and say, feed us, Father. Feed us with the word that will give life, that will give hope that will restore us. We need your word today. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you for praying with us. You can be seated. Well, again, let me thank you for your patience with us as we're still in the midst of this beautiful renovation project going on all around us. Uh, Eric, Great worship leader, thank you for leading worship today, and thank you for working on Monday in HVAC systems and getting us a furnace today. You're awesome. Whoa, yeah. If you missed last Sunday, boy, you missed it. It was great. It was great. It just, you just come, we just shivering with delight. So much more comfortable today. Uh, so things are in process. Lights are supposed to be arriving tomorrow, and we can uh, solve some of the lighting in here and get all the new lights in. Um, and painters should come in and do final sanding and paint on some of these walls. Bathrooms back here, the main bathrooms are those finishing touches, appliances, and it should be moving in this week. So, so progress is happening. Uh, we are hoping that carpet will be laid and things and, 
ready for our Christmas services. So we're excited about that. We just pray that that ship out there on the ocean would finally arrive here with all our stuff we need. Somebody had asked me um, if we're going to, like with, with some new facilities, you have a cornerstone and a time capsule you put in the cornerstone. So we're going to have something like that. No, we're not. Sorry. But we're going to do something better. So kind of like a cornerstone. What we're going to do next week, we're going to have a dozens of Sharpies for you and ask you or inviting you to help us lay a, a cornerstone, a foundation on the floor here. We're going to cover this up with carpet, but I think it would be pretty awesome for us to write on these floors with those Sharpies a word of scripture that God has used in your personal life. Maybe it's a life verse. Maybe it's a promise you're clinging to. Uh, maybe it's the declaration of uh, salvation uh, that God has given through Jesus. Um, but we're, we'll, we'll invite all of you to do that for a couple of Sundays. We'll have those here so you can put on the floor the word of God so that everything we do in this place will be built on the unchanging, life-giving word of God. Isn't that what we should do? Is there any other hope that we have other than his timeless truth and the person revealed through scripture? So be thinking about that. Be praying what verse you would like to etch into this place so that as you walk and worship in here, as ministry happens, we can just have that sense that all of this is being done through the power of God's word. So be praying about that. Well, Romans chapter 8, I encourage you to turn there. We've been really enjoying this study of the book of Romans, focusing specifically in chapter 5 through chapter 8. In these last few weeks, we've been pouring into this beautiful chapter of Romans chapter 8, really a pinnacle of greatness in God's word. It's used, been used in believers' lives for generation after generation. We got this Sunday and next Sunday to spend in it. So I would encourage you to use this next week to read through the chapter. It's a wonderful chapter to read on this week of Thanksgiving. Maybe you might want to break it up into those paragraphs. You'll notice in some of your Bibles that it's kind of divided into paragraphs. Just read a paragraph and just meditate on that for the day. The next day, read another paragraph. Meditate on that. A beautiful tool for Thanksgiving and praise in your life this week. But we're going to spend some time today in chapter 8, beginning in verse 26. Some powerful and comforting words from the Apostle Paul through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Well, over the years, I've ran a handful of foot races um, in my adult life, and I don't want you to confuse me with a, with a runner. It's different to be a runner and someone that's ran in a couple races, all right? I'm not a runner. I've ran in a couple races, okay? Um, I've never run farther than five kilometers. It gets further than that, and I feel like I should take a car, because why, why would you run further than that? It just takes too long. Um, well, one race in particular I thought of as I was spending time in Romans chapter 8 this week. Uh, I ran a 5K race at Dodge Park in Sterling Heights and invited my son to run with me. At the time, he was 16 years old. 
took some persuasion because he feels kind of the same way. If you have to run more than 100 yards, why wouldn't you take a car? But I convinced him it'll be fun for us to do together, you know, father-son time. This will be, be fun to do. So he relented, and we both signed up. I got a free T-shirt out of it. That's always good to do. And I began to train, right, 5K. You know, it's not super far, but I'd rather not feel like I'm going to die at the end. So train a little bit, and you can enjoy the five kilometers. Tyler, 16, you don't need to train as a 16-year-old. It's only 20 minutes, 23 minutes of running. No big deal. So he didn't train that much because he didn't think he needed it. Well, on the race day, the two of us got in the pack of people, and we... We set off for this race, and at Dodge Park, there is like a, uh, about a mile path that they had set out, so it's going to take three laps around this, uh, through the Dodge Park there. And after that first lap, we were feeling pretty good. Most people do. After the first mile in a 5K, those of you that ran it, you feel pretty good after a mile, and you think, eh, we can do this. But after, about halfway through that second lap, Tyler, who was running there with me, said, Dad, I'm going to stop. I said, no, Tyler, I'm not going to stop. We're halfway done. He said, no, I can't make it. I'm hurting. My side's hurting. I said, well, we got to run through it. You'll get your second win. Just keep running. Dad, I'm stopping. No, we can't stop. All the people pass us. We can't, we can't do that, Tyler. we got to keep going. Let's just make it to the tree. And then if you have to stop, we'll stop. And so we ran. And got to the tree. Tyler, there's a bridge up there. Let's try to get to the bridge. If we can get to the bridge, I think we'll do okay. So he ran to the bridge. And we did that for a while. Tyler, we're not going to die. Like, Tyler, we probably have seven more minutes of running. We can do anything for seven minutes. Anybody can do anything for seven minutes. Let's just keep running, Tyler. I think we can do this. I don't, I don't, I'm tired. And we make it through that whole second lap. Tyler, we got one more mile. We're almost done. Let's just finish this. We'll run. I'll stay with you. We'll run it together. If you want to slow down, we can slow down. We can do this. We got about halfway through that last lap. I said, Tyler, we, we got like a quarter mile to go. I said, we're going to make it. He said, yeah, I'm feeling good. I said, well, let's make it. Let's, let's kick it to the end. I said, let's, let's just pick up the pace and see if we can get a, you know, a good time. He said, okay. I said, ready? I said, yeah. Go. And I, I thought I was kicking it, right? I thought I was really going faster, but suddenly he's just gone. He, and he destroys me in that last quarter mile, and he's back, and he's done. His hands on his hips, just waiting for me. Have you, we, we, have you ever? We've all been halfway through. Haven't we? Haven't you had time in your life when you've been told you're going to make it, but what you're experiencing in that moment causes you to really doubt it. You're exhausted. You feel like everybody else is passing you by. Or you see someone else that you thought would make it with no problem, and they've stopped. Maybe it's a physical ailment. Maybe it's a spiritual battle you're going through. Maybe it's, maybe it's a promise that just seems like it's not being fulfilled. And your strength is spent. And you're not sure you're going to make it to the end. Well, Paul's words in Romans chapter 8 
provides such encouragement for us. It's almost like Paul is saying, you got someone running right next to you. And he's not going to leave you. He's going to be right there with you. And in your darkest times, he is there challenging you, not just being with you. Paul says he's empowering you to make it to the end. Towards this last part of Romans chapter 8, we see that God, in all that he is, will provide all that you need to see you to the end. God in all that he is will provide all that you need to see you to the end. There's three powerful reasons why Paul can make that claim. First of all, he shows us in, in verse 26 to 27 that our prayers are strengthened by the Spirit. Romans chapter 8 verse 26 says, Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses for we do not know what to pray for as we ought but the spirit himself intercedes with us with groanings too deep for words he who searches the hearts knows what is the mind of the spirit because the spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of god Verse 26, the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. Verse 27 ends, the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. In other words, Paul says, God doesn't just hear your prayers. I mean, just that itself is pretty awesome, that God always hears your prayers. But it's better than that. God participates in your prayers. He doesn't just hear what you have to say and consider whether he should do something like that. When we pray, the Holy Spirit is there to participate in our prayers in our time of weakness. Now, that, I, that concept of weakness, throughout the New Testament, it's the word for infirmities. It, it describes a state of incapacity. This word weakness describes the man that Jesus went to, a man who was born with infirmities or weaknesses, a man who had never walked the day of his life. It's the same word for here. When we are at our time of, I can't even walk spiritually, emotionally, or even physically, the Spirit is there helping us. In those times of weakness, of incapacity, it calls us to draw, cry out to God. Even at times we don't know what to say, we don't know how to pray, the Spirit is there to intercede for us. With groanings too deep for words, it's hard for us to even comprehend this, but somehow in the mystery of God with us, as the Holy Spirit dwells with us in those times of weaknesses, weakness, when we pray, and we don't even know how to pray, the Holy Spirit says, I do. So let me take those prayers, intercede to the Father with those prayers. It's like, it's like the Spirit makes a little redirection of our prayers and takes them to the Father so that they're according to the will of the Father. 
Now, this, this groaning's too deep for words. This isn't, this isn't maybe what you think of as a prayer language or a, or a speaking in tongues. And 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 13, and 14 speaks of this, of this gift, and it says that some speak in tongues and some don't. Well, this passage is saying the Spirit speaks for all. This is an experience of all of us that we all have this reality that the Spirit dwells within us, taking those burdens that we pray and reforming them so it fits according to the will of the Father. So when you don't know what to pray for, the Spirit does. And as you pray, He prays. So, pray. What, why, why is it a last resort? I have to confess to you that something that God's done in my life over these past couple of weeks as I've been reading through the scriptures and I, I read through, last week I read through John chapter 13, 14, 15, 16, that final week of Jesus when he was with his disciples. And I, maybe... The, I'll, I'll be a little pious. God reminded me of something. I think the truth is, I just never picked up on it before. How many times in that final week that Jesus told his disciples to pray. In John 13, he, he begins to share with them that he's going to be betrayed. He's going to be going to the Father, but it's good that he goes because he's going to give his Holy Spirit. And then he says, so, you don't have to ask me. You just ask the Father because now you have the Spirit who can take those requests of the Father so you can, so you can just pray. Then he says, not, let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. I'm going to prepare a place for you. Well, I'm gone. Ask anything in my name, and the Father will hear it. So, so pray. I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. He'll be with you forever. He'll teach you all things. He'll bring to your remembrance what I've taught you. So pray. Time after time. I think there's six specific times where he says to his disciples in that last week, ask anything. And the Father not only will hear you, Ask and the Father will grant what you request. It doesn't mean that you have now a genie. You can rub the genie's lamp and you can get whatever you want. He's not saying that because it all hinges on the name of Jesus and the will of the Father. What he's saying to his disciples is, now that you know me, you've, you've seen the Father, and now my Holy Spirit's going to be with you, and he's going to work with you when you pray. So as you truly are praying and seeking my face and, and seeking to glorify God, you're going to find yourself praying more and more like the Father is wanting you to pray. So he's going to find great delight in granting you all that you're asking. And of those things that you're asking for that you feel like would please the Father... But maybe not to, it's not perfectly in line with the Father's will. The Spirit will take that and, and, and direct those prayers in the way that it fits into the center of the plan of the Father. So if you're tired, if you're weary, if 
you're not sure you're going to make it, know that the Holy Spirit's right here with you. He's not just saying to you, you can do it, come on, you can do it. He is, in fact, there with you, empowering you, lifting your legs, moving you on, because he's strengthening your prayers. So, saints, let's pray. When we have burdens, when we are weighted down in this very difficult culture, let's pray. Secondly, it says that in verse 28, a very, very familiar verse that sometimes is trivialized, I guess, and yet it speaks powerfully to us. It says our circumstances are synergized for our good. Here's what it says. We know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose. We know that for those who love God, all things work together for good to those who are called according to his purpose. Paul urges us to remember this. The good news of who God is, this all-powerful, all-knowing, redeeming God can take the worst of circumstances and work them together for our good. Now the point says that God synergizes our circumstances and that's, that's the literal, literal Greek word that Paul uses in this, in this passage, that synergy. You know what synergy is? That's when two agents come together to produce an influence that, that's greater than the sum of each one. So God is saying, I have this uncanny ability to take these multiple circumstances in your life and do so much more good out of them than what could ever happen if they were all by themselves. This is a promise for a certain kind of people. For those that, number one, love God, they're in relationship with him, and those who are called to his purpose, that they're destined to be conformed to the, glory, to the image of Jesus, as it says in the next verse. It's two descriptions of the same thing. Those that love the Father are those who have been called by the Father. Those who have been called by the Father are those that have been destined, predestined by the Father to be conformed to Jesus. So just words of identity. He's saying, you're, you're, you're the Father's kid. And all you who are the kids of the Father can have ultimate confidence that he works all things together for good. All things. That means the Father is always working. Jesus said that. My Father is always working. He works in all situations to bring about good. It doesn't mean that God, God does bad things. It means that when evil intentions are there, God is so big and powerful, he can redeem those and bring good out of them. So in those times where it feels like God, when, when we can't see him, it doesn't mean he's absent. It means when you, 
when you, it feels like we're waiting, it doesn't mean he's late. It means we can trust the Father who can take all these circumstances and, and, and he works them together so it produces great and mighty things. This is more than just, you know, the trite saying, well, everything happens for a reason. It's pretty shallow. But I know that that's all some people have to hold on to because they don't have that personal relationship with the Father. And so they have to just hope, hope that just somehow this will all come out in the end. But for the believer, Paul says, that's not how we live. He says it's deeper than that. You know that you have a father who's always working and he's always taking these things and what man sometimes intends for evil, God can work together for good. And what, what is, from one perspective, it appears like there's no good that can come from that and God says, you just watch me. I can take what looks so dirty and so destructive and I can build something so glorious because that's, what a sovereign, all-powerful, all-knowing, loving Father can do. And we know, this is, we know there are times where it's just hard to see that. And this isn't a verse that we should just flippantly throw at one another. You know, when someone's going through a hard time, you just flip it at them and you know, assume they're all going to be well. But, but I would say, this is a verse, this is a promise that each one of us should deeply hide in our heart. This is a verse you should have memorized. So when someone says, even if they say, what's Romans 8.28? You can tell them what the Romans 8.28 says. When you are in a situation where things look so bad that your Holy, the Holy Spirit that lives inside of you can bring that verse to your mind and convince you, nope, this is part of all things. This fits that category, that column. If you were to make a column that all things go in this column and nothing's over here, you have one column on the paper, all things. What's happening in your life is in that column. And because you love the Father and you're called to his purpose, you know he will work all things together for good. I want to thank you for sharing together those times of, um, times of thanksgiving. I think it's good for us to do that together as family, to have times where we just share with one another the work that God's been doing in our life. Coming into this Sunday, I asked the Father to kind of share with me, who, who in our church family are you calling to share with all of us? Just, just a word of praise and thanksgiving. And um, I shared that with our staff in our prayer time. And somebody had mentioned, uh, I wonder if Mary Trongo would share. And my first thought was, oh, she's had such a hard season. My second thought was, I know Mary loves the Lord, and she's called according to the purpose. So I'll ask her. 
And, and Mary said, Pastor, I felt this burden to share, and now you're confirming it. So Mary, would you come and just take a moment and share with us what you're thanking God for? Come on up here if you would. I know everybody likes to be on stage. <laughs> thank you, Pastor. Yeah, thank you. Hello, my name is Mary Trongo. I was looking for a Bible-based church, and then, praise the Lord, I found that at Woodside Bible Church, Algonac. The membership at Woodside opened their arms and their hearts to me as a visitor and on to the next step, becoming a member. When my daughter, Laura Jean, began attending with her family, it was a promise granted. God promises in Proverbs 22.6, train up a child in the way he should go, even when he is old. He will not depart from it. This was the beginning of the fulfillment of that promise. Throughout 2019, I saw his faithfulness that became my thankfulness. Laura Jean and her family began attending on a regular basis. Her walk with our Savior became real to her, and she was baptized in the North Channel that summer. This mother's heart was filled to overflowing. In 2020, with the restrictions of COVID, we watched the services online together and tried to stay focused on his blessings. Then in November of 2020, my Lord Jean took her life. The night that she died, God showed up with his army of servants at Woodside. Pastor Dan came and stayed with us for hours as we waited to hear if they were successful in trying to save her life. He came to her house and prayed with us. He went to the hospital as we said our last goodbyes. He, named, he came and talked with my grandchildren about what happened and gave them time to ask questions and pray with them. Then one of my grandchildren, Alex, accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as his personal savior mm -hmm. that night. Mm -hmm. He let the church know and the praying began. Meals were provided to my son-in-law and their children for weeks. Pastor made the arrangements with the help of the Church of Christ here in Algonac for us to have a memorial service for her, and the staff there made it available online for my church family. When I came to church that week, it was a surprise to the membership, and all I could say was, if my Savior is real, and he is, then where else should I be? This year has been a challenge with every step of the way, but I have been supported and encouraged by this part of the body of Christ. The prayers to the saviors and his answer to those prayers is why I can say with confidence, his confidence, that I know the Lord's peace found in Philippians 4, 6, and the peace that surpasses all understanding will guard your heart and minds in Christ Jesus. I thank God for the part of the body of Christ he led me to here. Woodside is the true hands and feet of our Savior, and these servants truly walk the talk. Thank you for listening to my thankfulness. Thank you. Thank you, One of the cool aspects of the Holy Spirit that he, do, he, he doesn't just live in you. He doesn't just live in me. He lives in us. 
So the Father many times chooses to minister through his Holy Spirit through the lives of one another. It's so good for you to be engaged in the life of a church family. Who would have guessed that it was Mary's turn to suffer last year? I don't know whose turn it is to suffer this year. But we live in a fallen world, as Joe mentioned in our time last week. We live in a world where there's groaning. All nature is groaning. This is a difficult world to live. And Paul's words of encouragement is, you can make it. Because God, in all that he is, will give us all that we need to take us all the way home. All the way home. Yes, he will. Yes, he will. And that's how, that's, that's how this passage kind of wraps up. As he reveals to us this journey that he set us on. Verse 29 assures us that he has our future secured for glory. This is what it says in verse 29. For those whom, whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. In order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. This, there's this golden chain of verbs in these verses. He foreknew and predestined and called and justified and glorified. He foreknew us. This isn't, this isn't as simple as, well, he knew before you were born that you would respond to his grace. Oh, it's deeper than that. He knew all of you before you were born. In spite of all that he knew, he chose you. And destined you to be conformed to the image of Jesus because he knew that we were created in his image and we would be most satisfied when we are most full of him. So the more you look like Jesus, the more you express his nature and his character and his values in your life, the more joy and satisfaction you'll possess. So he wants you to be conformed to his image. And so he set you on this destiny. This is where you're headed. He's predestined you to that. Those he predestined, he called and justified. We've spent time on this idea of being justified, being made right with God, judicially declared right with God. That's your standing with him. So he's known you from all time. He predestined you. He called you. He justified you. And then there's this last word, and he glorified you. Now, as we read scripture, we, we learned that this glorification is actually the completion of this work of conforming us to Jesus. In, in uh, John chapter, excuse me, Colossians chapter 3, it says, When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. 
This is our glorification. When Jesus appears, we see him face to face. We're brought to him and suddenly we're glorified. We're made like him. In Philippians 1, it says, He who began a work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. So this is a future event that God has set for you when you will be glorified. But Paul, when he writes this, writes it with such confidence, he can put it in the past tense as if it's already happened. He's so confident that God will see you to the end. He can look at you and say, and God has glorified you. Oh, I know, I know. We still see some signs that God has some more work to do. But we know because he started it, he'll finish it. So when you're on this journey and you hit that wall and you think, I, I, can't, I can't do it. I, I can't run any further. May the Holy Spirit whisper to you, I'm here. Just pray. I'll take that. I'll take it to the Father. I'll help you in your weaknesses. And you can know in these, in these circumstances, this still fits the category of all things. So God with the Father will work all things together and bring you to the end. You will make it to the end. You will. The Father never loses. No one can pluck you out of the Father's hand. He has you. And maybe you're in a situation right now and you think, yeah, but the situation, I've never faced anything greater. No, but the Father has. And he's greater than that. And he will bring you through it. And right now he looks absent. Right now he looks late. But he's not. He is working. He's always working. And he looks at you and even with the understanding of where you are and where you will be in the end. And he's with you until you get there. God and all that he is will do all that we need to see us all the way home. Father, thank you for that. Thank you that we don't have to fear anything that this world will offer to us. I thank you, Father, for promising each one of your children will have all that we need because we have the Spirit. We have God. We have you with us. So sustain us through the times of exhaustion. Convince us in the seasons of doubt. Strengthen us in those times of weakness believing that you are still working and reigning over our life. Father, thank you for giving us reason to sing. Thank you for calling us as your people to declare the goodness of God in every generation, and we commit to doing that. You've been faithful to us in all of our circumstances, and you will for the rest of our journey. We give you praise for that in Jesus' name. And all God's people said... Amen.
Thank you for joining us as we study God's Word together. We would love to hear how God is moving in your heart and get you connected into the Woodside Bible Church family. Head to woodsidebible.org connect to introduce yourself today.